0: Thank you, worship team. God is so good, isn't he? Can we say God is so good for Ken? Well, two weeks ago, he was on his deathbed, and today his wife is smiling here and his kids, and he's playing, and he is serving the Lord with beautiful hymns. God is truly so good to his people, and I am so thankful. I can say it brings tears to my eyes. That he has been so good to me all the time. All the time. Um, our apologies on behalf of the elders of this church. To our congregation and our uh, visitors. That uh, we had a leak there. And uh, we had a little bit of rearrangement done in the sanctuary. But next week when you come you're going to see it all properly. Nice and clean and wonderful. And uh, etc. We are, with this, let us open our Bibles to the book of Acts, book of Acts, and chapter 17, book of Acts, chapter 17. We have a great subject ahead of us, so pray for me so I can be a blessing to you this morning. And this is my prayers, so I can be a blessing to each and everyone here. Verses one. This is when Paul and Silas left Philippi. You know, they were beaten. They were put in jail. And they were bleeding. They, uh, the jailer got saved. He took care of them. He, uh, attended to, attended to his, to their wounds. And they're on their way again. Where to? Let's go to Thessalonica. They went down a little bit and visited Thessalonica. Chapter 17, let's take it from verse 1. Now, when they had traveled through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. And according to Paul's custom, he went to them, and uh, for three Sabbathers reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and giving evidence that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead, saying, this Jesus whom I am proclaiming to you is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Selah, along with a great multitude of the God-fearing Greeks and a number of the leading Women, But the Jews, becoming jealous and taking along some wicked men from the marketplace, formed a mob and set the city in an uproar. And coming upon the house of Jason, they were seeking to bring them out to the people. And when they did not find them, they began dragging Jason. Jason, we're not going to drag you to jail. You'll be... But it's a a biblical name. They're dragging Jason and some brethren before the city authorities shouting, These men have turned the world upside down. These men turned the world upside down. While I was reading this, I was thinking of what's happening Nowadays in the world and in our country. These two disciples were beaten up. Bleeding. They did not say after they let them out. Now we're going to go home and see what we can do and rest. And we cannot take it anymore. This is so much. To take. No. They continued. They went. To another city. To preach the gospel. I said. What kept them going? What kept them going? They had a determination. But you know the word commitment came to me. I said they were committed. They were committed. To the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to talk about this for about 20-25 minutes, about this. This is the reputation of those Christians they had in Thessalonica. What is the reputation? Beware, these people turned the world upside down. They turned our world upside down. I said, what is that? When these little people, they are not known. They have no title whatsoever. A couple of Christian men. They were afraid of them. And they chased them. Even they had to catch another guy. Who was a friend of them. Jason. And they wanted to beat him up again. But you know why? Why they got scared of them? Because the face of the Lord Jesus Christ. Was in their face. People looked at them. And they said. They are with Jesus. And then. They were afraid of them to change their lives. Today, Christians around the world are facing a fierce wave of persecution. Do you agree with me on that? Christians are persecuted. Women are being killed in some areas in in Syria, and pregnant women pregnant women have been have been slaughtered. Children have been slaughtered. And uh, I read two weeks ago about two uh, newlywed man and his wife in Pakistan, in the Punjab area. Because they were Christians. And uh, the young lady, she was 24 years old and pregnant. And they, they came, the Muslims came and took her in. And they said, oh, no, you are working against Islam. And they took them. First, they broke their legs. Secondly, they tied them. And high, and they dropped them in fire. And they burnt them alive. You know, I could not take it. I couldn't. I was so, so mad maybe. So vexed in my spirit. About Christians. Being treated like this. And here we are. Don't you think they were asked this couple? Well, give up. Give up Christ and you'll be fine. Go back to the Islamic religion and you'll be fine. And I'm sure they said, no, we will not. We are determined. We're committed. I wonder. If one day, and God forbid, we have to face such a tragic situation, will we stand for the Lord Jesus Christ? Will we say, I'm committed? Will we say, I'm determined to die for the Lord Jesus Christ? And recently, today I just opened, I always check the internet in the morning. They just They just beheaded another one of us. An American was beheaded this morning. Maybe you didn't read it yet. What's happening? This is a fierce, fierce against even nominal Christians. Let alone the true children, children of God. And then I thought, I said, are we truly committed? Folks, church, with those who are listening... Are we truly committed to the Lord Jesus Christ? And I checked, I went past Webster, I said, I want to tell the church about commitment. And I want to make a call for a commitment. Not that that you're not committed. I have respect to our church members. You are truly committed to the Lord Jesus Christ. But so many times, so many times, we forget the word commitment and what it means. And this is why I want to bring it to your attention. I looked at it and in the website. It says it it is to do some act or make some declaration which may bind the person in honor, good faith, or consistency to pursue a certain course or conduct and to adhere to the tenor of that declaration. In other words... When you take that stand, it is a forever stand. It's an honorable stand. When we came to the Lord Jesus Christ, we came not to try whether God is good, though He's so good. I tasted Him and He's so good. And He brought tears to our eyes when I was singing these songs and remembering these people who went before us to glory. Excuse me, if I have tears in my eyes, I do. And so many, so many times we think that, okay, commitment is a, is a giving to the Lord and doing something for the Lord. Or making a good deed for the Lord. Or giving a contribution to the Lord. And I'm not talking about money. You can contribute in any which way you want. But it's not contribution. It's not. A contribution is something you give to the Lord after you are committed for the Lord. Then you can contribute anything you want. But deter, determination and commitment is not. That brings to my, to my thought a, a story I told you about 10 years ago. And Mike remembers it very well. Because he brings it every now and then uh, to my attention. A story is told about a chicken and a hog. Hog is a, a Hog. They were walking past a church building one day when they noticed the Sunday morning sermon posted on the outside bulletin board helping the poor. They walked ways when the ch- chicken suddenly came across with a suggestion. He said, say, Brother hog, why don't we give all the poor people a nice breakfast of ham and eggs The hog thought a moment and replied. That's all right for you to say because for you it is only a contribution. But for me, it's a total commitment. You get it? Total commitment is to give, give yourself totally to the Lord. The hog says, hey, I need to die. In order to eat the bacon. But the chicken had no problem. We lay an egg and tomorrow, tomorrow they'll have another egg. Now, this is, there is a big, very big difference. And we are, we are asked by the Lord to be committed before we contribute. Contribution is good. Commitment comes before. The Lord succeeded in His mission. Because he was committed. Can you imagine with me carrying the cross. And going up that hill toward Golgotha. While he was bleeding. While he was beat up complete, uh, completely. Because he took the form of a man. And he was so tired. And uh, along mid, midway up that hill. Which I walked. Okay. Midway there. Well forget it. They don't deserve it. Look at them. They're beating me up. They're, they're laughing. They're mocking. They're scourging me. I quit. If he did that, what would have happened to me? What would have happened to us? But he was committed. He was committed unto death. He took the form of a servant unto death. He said, no, I am going to go and finish the work. Commitment is finishing the work. Commitment is going all the way. Commitment is a commitment you do in your heart first. You execute it in your life regardless of what happens. And this is why he went there. And he died for you and for me. Because he was committed. And you. Members of this church. Please. I ask you while sitting there. And listening to me. While he committed himself. To that. Awful death. On the cross of Calvary. And we he said. Finally it is finished. Can you say sitting at your seat. Lord Jesus. I commit my life to you. Until that. I see you or until death. Can you say that? And if there's someone who is not saved, can you say, Lord, you have committed your life for me and you died for me to save me from sin. I hear, sitting before you, I commit my life to you. I give it to you. From now on, you can count me amongst your children. And that's Commitment. And I'm going to call first a word, a couple of words for you. You know what? Christian commitment calls for desertion. Wait a minute, Adon. you want us to be deserters? You know what happens to deserters? You know what happens in the, in the army if someone deserts you? This is death? Yes, I'm calling for deserters today. Commitment requires the desertion of worldliness. We are not supposed, when we are committed, to be borderline Christians. In other words, sitting on the fence, one foot in the world and one foot for Christ. We are not supposed to be that. We have left the world. We have said goodbye world, goodbye. We have taken a stand with Jesus Christ and we have committed ourselves and this is commitment to desert the world. Leave the world and forget it. Paul in writing to, uh, to Titus, his true child in the face, he tells him for the grace of God. If Ed would like to, it's a uh, second Timothy 11 and 12. For the grace of God has appeared through Jesus Christ. Bringing salvation to all all men. And listen to this. Instructing us, those people who have committed their life to Jesus Christ. Instructed us to deny ungodliness. To desert ungodliness. What is ungodly? Something against God, right? To stand against God. If you're not with God, you're against God. Deny ungodliness. Today, people all around us are against God. Desert that. Desert the friends who are there. You call them friends. And you think they are friends. They're ungodly. I call you to desert them. And worldly desires. And to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in this present age. This is the word of God. And as I said before, if we preach any other word, let us be anathema, accursed. We do not preach any other thing from this, behind this pulpit, except the word of God. And praise be his name. Worldliness is loving this world. And this world, what happened? Let me ask you, was this world friendly to Jesus Christ? Did he wel- Did this world welcome him? Even his own people, he says, he came to his own people, to his very own people, the Jews, he said. He came to them, and his own people denied him. They knew him not. But to those who have accepted him, to them he gave the power to become the children of God. Praise God for every committed Christian in this audience today and around the world. Thank you for your commitment. But God wants us to be more committed, especially what's happening around us. And what's happening every day. John warns us, Apostle John, in first John chapter two and verse fifteen. It'll be up there. First John two fifteen. Do not love this world. Does he stop there? No. And do not nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of God or the Father is not. In him. Worldliness. Is ungodliness. Worldliness. Is. Against God. And God's people. Let us be careful. Let us be careful about. about Having friends in the world. And you have to give in to them. And say so I have talked to so many. We have to be with them. In order to win them. Does it mean I have to go to a bar to win unfriendly people, ungodly people? No, this is not my place there. I win them in my workplace by them seeing me, how I act and behave and live on a daily basis. And if you have the opportunity, and the opportunity is always there to open your mouth. And give your testimony what Jesus Christ has done for you and in your life. That's commitment. Worldliness makes God an enemy. I don't have to tell you about Hollywood. I don't have to tell you about uh, about the the what they are producing nowadays. The sitcoms, they call them. The comedies they have every week. You cannot watch one. If you watch, a, say, if you watch a commercial now about a car. You know what they, ha- what they show you in order to tell you about the car. All kinds. I don't like to mention them from behind. All kinds of horrible situations. They want to promote a hamburger now. They show you a woman eating a hamburger with all kinds of, she's half naked there. This is what the world is offering. Let's, I call, let's desert this world. This world is an enemy of God. And that is commitment. Well, time is running by. Cut this one short, Ado. Okay. I jump to the second point. Christian commitment calls for a revolution in our lives. Revolution. And to have this revolution, you have to be thoroughly committed to Jesus Christ. If I may ask, this question. What is your personal strategy in obeying the command of Jesus Christ? I have a few questions. Think of them. What do you plan to do with your life in relationship to His will? What is the priority in your life? What claims your attention in this life? What motivates you? I don't have to elaborate on these things. I want to leave them with you so when you go home, you think about these things. What motivates me? What thrills your lives with excitement? What kind of commitment do you have to Jesus Christ? To make a change and impact other people around you. You answer that. What can you do? I'm asking you, what can you do? One thing that we all can do is to have a commitment in our hearts first. Second, we must be willing to obey Him and submit to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Thirdly. We need to become yes men and women. Say hey, wait a minute. I spoke about that before. You want me yes man. You need to not to have any personality. Vis-a-vis the personality of Jesus Christ. I don't want to have any personality. I want him to have. I want to have his personality. Yes men and women. And crown him Lord. Crown him Lord. It means entrusting him with my family, with my job, with my possession, and have him control over my life. Are you willing to do that? That's commitment. And that's what we are called for. If we are to stand as a church, that's what we need to do. To trust him. Believing Him that He can take care of you in every way, shape, or form. My third point, in about five minutes, my third point Christian commitment calls for a total devotion. It is the foundation of our Christian life, our Christian being. Wasn't he committed to what he wanted to do? Can we make this to our lives? Lord, I want to emulate you. Lord, I want to be like you. Then, and then only, we can have a total devoted life. And commitment in this area is an absolute necessity. It's way, It becomes a way of life. You become a sold out person for the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is what I'm calling for this afternoon. And then you will say, I will love the Lord Jesus Christ. With all my heart, with all my soul, and with all my mind. And that's total devotion. Henry Varley, a man of God, once said, The world has yet to see what God can do with and for and through a man who is fully and wholly devoted to God. Dwight L. Moody said, after he read this, he said, with God's help, I will be one of those men. And you know what? And by God's grace, Moody did become such a man. We read about him, we caught him. He became. If you have this, if you have this desire in your heart, you can become a woman of commitment, a man of commitment, a teenager committed. When you go to school you are committed for the Lord Jesus Christ you're not you're you're not affected by peer pressure college students you will not be affected because you are sold to the Lord Jesus Christ and you have Jesus lord of your life young men and women you will, when you are committed you're not afraid of anything you will stand firm on the promises of God that he will be standing with you in the time of any problem you face. A photographer tells a young man who wanted a duplicate copies of his girlfriend picture. Listen to this. The photographer noticed the following inscription on the back of the portrait. My dearest Tom, Do we have a Tom here? We're not talking about you. I love you with all my heart. She says, she wrote, I love you more and more each day. I will love you forever and ever. I am yours for all eternity. Signed, Diane. And then, P.S. If we ever break up, If we ever break up, Ginny, okay, I want this picture back. (laughs) Where is the commitment and devotion? Send it back. This is not devotion. We who have been saved professed our love to Christ. We belong to Christ. There can be no P.S., In our life. Given to God. We can never break up. With him. It's final. It's forever. No turning back. No turning back. We are his. And we belong to him forever. And that is commitment friends. Please. Please. Stand firm. I leave you with these words from Jesus Christ. You want to turn this word upside down? Let us hear what the Lord wants us to do in one verse. Luke nine twenty three. If anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Are we willing to do that? Are we willing? Let's pray. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm not going to ask you to say, yes, I take a commitment. I'm going to ask you to just examine your heart, examine your stand, examine what you do when you go to work, when you go to school, when you go to college, if there are any today. And I would like to ask you to say, Lord, am I truly committed to you? Change me. I would like to be committed. As I pray, you pray your prayers. That needed prayer in your life. You pray it. And when we leave, may the Lord leave us, all of us, as truly committed to the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for allowing us to meditate on your word and have this 25 minutes together. To tell you what's on our hearts. And how would like to live a better life for you. Take us all, use us. Mold us and make us all to be like you. Help us to be committed believers. Living a life worthy of our calling. Bless each and every family, each and every person here. And help us in this church to be a light to this world. And to your name we give the glory and praise and honor forever and ever. Amen. The meeting is over. Christians, go live life the way he wants you to live it. And may God bless you.